Hello, it is Tuesday, July 21st, 2020, 2020, and we have a spectacular show for you today. We have the legend Joe Spinoza on the show to talk all things football all show long, whether it's Kirk Cousins, whether it's Tom Brady, whether it's the NFL owners versus the NFL PA, whether it's football coming back, whatever it may be, whether it's Joe's pool company and he's selling pools now. It may be that. It may be that. But you'll have to listen. You'll have to tune in. Great show for you today. And I hope your ears have a nice vacation. Come enjoy with us. It is season 20. Season, season goes. Oh, yeah, just season two. Episode. I think, it, I think it's 14. I think it's 14 because last episode well, was... We're just going to roll with 14. We'll roll with 14. 13 is an unlucky number. Well, no, because we, we did have 13. Number 13 was the A-Rod episode <laughs> in which we had A-Rod on, obviously. So now 14 is the next best you know 14 is the brandon cooks episode actually and the chris harper episode and the i don't know who else ryan fitzpatrick episode the ryan fitzpatrick episode all right so you know on to the show today on this fine monday evening we have longtime recurring guest huge fan of the show and he is a man Woj of agitator <laughs> of, <laughs> of many knowledge sources. You'll know him by Joe Spinoza. Joe, welcome back. Great to be on first uh, Zoom pod. So I'm um, not having the best hair day, but kind of roll with it. It's an exciting experience, isn't it? Oh, it's amazing. So I, these AirPods, I got these AirPods Pro. I just got like three hundred dollars my little birthday gift for myself and they won't pair to my uh, computer and i tried for like 30 minutes so oh man Ugh. that uh, that's terrible but you know bad hair day or not you're a working man you finish that yeah. six or whatever it is and you're already back on the grind back on a podcast so we appreciate it but joe we alluded to this a little bit before the show so over the last four episodes we've done a top 40 quarterback countdown Okay, and just a little hint of it, we sent you the entire list. Number one was obviously Patrick Mahomes, and number 40 was Alex Smith. And somewhere in between the two fell Kirk Cousins, your quarterback, your guy. Your, the, the analogy is Tom Brady is to Andrew DeSino as Kirk Cousins is to Joe Spinoza. That's an accurate analogy. Yeah. And, and Joe, we have Kirk Cousins bolted on here in pen in hard ink number 24 uh what's what's guys, that analogy I, I, think to we, I, don't think, I don't think this is the real list this can't be um just off the bat um ryan fitzpatrick really andy dalton really jimmy garofalo no 
Philip Rivers, of course not. Derek Carr, Tannehill, Kyler Murray, Baker. Um, okay, Cam Newton, this high, ridiculous. Ooh, um, but Josh of, Allen, yes, Josh Allen. Wait, oh my God, I know Brady, it's blasphemous. Josh Allen should be like forty-eighth. Um, yeah, I would put Kirk. Let's see. I I agree. Here are the guys where I think that bias aside, I can understand how a non-Kirk lover would have ahead of him. Right. Mahomes, Wilson, Rogers. Yes. And then other than that, I think he's right up there with Deshaun Lamar and Lamar and Carson Wentz. I would put Carson Wentz ahead of Lamar and Deshaun and Brady. So you know, so you know how there's you know how there's Brady Bros and there's bronsexuals. What do you call yourself? Your Kirk cousin. Because Kirk Cousins is just a man who, no, no sparkle. He just gets the job done. I'm just a Kirk Cousins supporter. I'm just a Kirk Cousins fan. So, just so an enthusiast. You have him. Just to confirm, you have him right around five, six, seven ish. I'll put him in that five to seven range. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yes, we might have been a little too harsh on Kirk Cousins, but you know, in reality, I think that, you guys had me in mind when you did that. You obviously did. We might have. We might have. We probably got to no. the second installment of making this list, and we're like, let's put Kirk Cousins in here somewhere, okay? But I think yeah, we put him higher originally, then we revised him. Down. Yeah, then we 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 threw him way down. But agreed, Mahomes, Wilson, Rogers, I mean, Brady I think we moved him from like twenty-one to twenty-four. I, I think. One through si- one th- one He's through six one through six is accurate. Uh, that I think that Brady Brady is not a top ten quarterback in the NFL. Right oh, now. he absolutely is. He's he not. absolutely He's is. Not. He's not. I, and why do I have to prove that he is? You have to prove to me that he's not. Look at how he performed. He lost in a divisional round game. Wild card. Oh yeah. Not. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Thanks for proving my point. You're welcome. He lost in a wild card game to the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. Hey, he never even been playing in that game. Should not have been playing. They in the shouldn't. Wild card. And you know why they were playing in that game? Thanks to Stephon Gilmore. They were playing in that game. Stephon Gilmore, the defensive player of the year. Yep. And the referees in, in week 15. Those two reasons were why New England was playing in that wild card round. And honestly, they could have been playing on the road if it wasn't for Josh Allen. Dude, there's, Josh Allen's a great quarterback, but that's not your. There's, there's no excuse to lose to the Tennessee Titans when you're Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Balt, I mean, Baltimore did. Is this, is this a career? Is this a career achievement award? And I don't have um, Lamar Jackson that high. I'll take the guy who went in to the Superdome as an underdog and kicked Drew Brees' behind. I don't Maybe think Drew Brees is that good. I I will be the first to say I would have put Drew Brees. I I how about this? This is the fairest of all trades right here. Take it or leave it. No, no second deal. Kirk Cousins for Drew Brees, one for one switch. Oh, on the rankings? On the rankings. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, because I think it's more accurate that Drew Brees is 24 and that Kirk Cousins is eight. I will give you that. Oh, yeah. Right. Yep, let's switch it. Put it on the board. I Yeah, we'll put it on the board. Because Drew Brees, he has a noodle arm. He can't throw it at all far. And... You know, he lost to Kirk Cousins, but good job for Kirk Cousins going in in that environment. But, you know, about Brady, he is a top 10 quarterback, okay? The team around him, and and by the way, New England, I'd be worried if I was New England fan in 2020 for the season. If, if Luckily, I'm not. Fan, I'm not because I'm a Brady fan. Wait a minute. According to the transit property, if you want to do this, Kirk Cousins beat Drew Brees, so he's better. Drew Brees beat Ryan Tannehill. 
last year in the regular season. So that means Breeze is better than Tannehill. But Tannehill beat Brady, so Tannehill is better than Breeze. That's too and much math. Kirk Cousins beat Kirk Cousins beat Breeze, but Garoppolo beat Matt. You know it only Cousins. takes to about so Jimmy Garoppolo has the most beautiful chin in the league and is the number two quarterback in the league. Yeah, he beat Rodgers as well. You, you know it only takes till about week nine for NFL to put out that graphic where it has so-and-so beat so-and-so and so-and-so beat so-and-so, and it just completes the circle, and then finally the circle completes. It, it happens every that year. the only foolproof logic that can solve this this mystery that we're trying I, to do. No, I'm, um, I, all I do know is that the wild card loss that New England suffered – First wild card loss appearance and loss since 2009 against Baltimore. But this was not on Brady at all. The team around him let him down, okay? New England had a chance to get, first of all, Julian Edelman dropped such a crucial pass in that fourth quarter. So thank you, Julian. Edelman drops everything. He does. But the way that 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 New England offense moved was incredibly difficult and painful to watch. It's like watching, you know, a, a half-dead animal on the highway, you know, that it, just it would, got hit by a car. pretty much for the final, let's call it... Second half of the season. season. Yeah, yeah, final eight weeks in that playoff game. Pretty much looked like they were playing the Broncos in uh, Mile High. It, it really did. It was it, it was almost embarrassing because, you know, you look back to years past... the 21st ranked, the second half of the season, they were the 21st ranked off. Mm-hmm. And so I that say was when their schedule got hard. I say it all the time. You look back in years past when New England had a, a, a offense clicking on all cylinders, and they used a trick play when they needed to pull it out of the bag when they were down against Baltimore. You know, whatever it is, and they had Edelman throw a pass. Okay, but in 2019, it seemed like they literally needed trick plays to even move the ball up and down the field. Not in dire moments. It was every offensive moment is a dire moment, so we need something to move the ball up and down the field, whether it's James White throwing a pass to Jacoby Myers. You know what? It's it's embarrassing, honestly, their offense. And I don't think it was because of Brady, and you listen to Romo say it. Romo was saying it's nothing wrong with Brady's arm. It's just guys... All of the Patriot receivers are piano men because they run like they have a piano on their back, like Skip Bayless All right, say. Shannon. All right, Shannon. <laughs> um, no, listen, I don't think Brady's garbage. I like to take a pretty rational approach. Like, I'm, I'm strong-headed. I'm strong-minded. I don't back down on my takes, but I like, to, I like to have nuance. Brady is somewhere in that 8 to 12 range. I don't think he's 4. 4 is just ridiculous. Um, for this season, I, I mean – uh, you guys are being so hard on walk it to him. Walk it to him. I top five. I, well, I call him Carson Wentz because he's always injured, and his well, backup quarterbacks are always better than him. because Jalen Hurts is going to be. I bet he'll be the starting quarterback for Philadelphia come Week Nine, and he's going to lead him into the playoffs. I love Jalen Hurts. Love Jalen Hurts. Walk to him when. Give me. Oh, just looking at this list, it's just garbage. I think it's like just like a troll list. <laughs> it's like it's one of those troll lists. Where, like, you have Mahomes and Wilson one and two. So you have to take it seriously. So then you can just get away with such blasphemy from, like, three to 40. Well, okay, so what other grievances do you have to file here? Because I think Garoppolo at 21 is appropriate. I don't think he's a great quarterback. I think that when you go six for eight in a championship game, come on. So Josh Allen's not in your top 10, as as we had him in our top 10. But, okay... There, there are some guys on there. You had I think him are, in your top ten. I did, but there, there are some guys on here. 
Some might think harsh, but I think fair. I I don't think Sam Darnold's a good quarterback. We have him at twenty eight. I think 28. Sam Darnold is a good quarterback. Okay, but you know Philip Rivers at twenty, I think is perfectly fair. That is fair. Darnold Carr before at Cam nine, Newton showed up. Darnold was the best quarterback. Oh, oh, I think I way, think Carr and Tannehill are perfectly fine at you know nineteen and eighteen. Yes, but you just have some really like Newton should not. Newton isn't top twenty. Newton Why is he not? He's a former MVP. Oh, oh, so is it Rich Gannon? Yeah, and he had one of the guy. Well, Rich Gannon's he would be in this top forty list too if oh, we made it um, back then. But Cam Newton's a good. Guy. He's just his issue is injuries. And if he's, for, are you ready for my my proclamation? I'm um, yes. Cam Newton will be cut by the New England Patriots before the start of the season. Wow, that's kind of along the lines of what I've been saying. I said Stidham's going to be the Week One starter still. Yeah, oh, Stidham. Stidham is going to start. Yeah. And, and, and I need the perspective of a true Patriot fan here because I cannot identify myself as one. But do you hope that Stidham's the week one starter? I want the person who I believe is best equipped to help the New England Patriots win football. Well, thank, thank you, Bill Belichick. But No, um, because, listen, like I said, I'm a pragmatist. Uh, there are a few athletes who I have that really strong connection to, and while Mr. Decino is the number one Brady guy, yeah. I'm not too far behind. I love me some Tom Brady. I love that man. You know, I grew up, I actually grew up uh, in Massachusetts, not in uh, mini New York. Uh, who's like the Yankees fan here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yep, absolutely. I'm a Boston boy through and through. So, of course, I love Tom Brady. So I, I have that connection to him, and I still wish we had him on the team. And he's the one guy I would rather lose. I would rather go through a harder rebuild and go nine and seven with Brady than go ten and six with Stidham. But either way, um, I have no connection to Newton. I've always hated Cam Newton. I've always hated everything about Cam Newton. The way he plays, I think he's a fool. I think he's a clown. I love the way he dresses. I uh, yeah, I, I kind of like the way he dresses. I mean, I I don't know. I think he's full of himself. He's more exciting than Sidham, though. I don't think so. I don't. I don't care for that. You know me. I like my pocket passers. I like my. I like my oatmeal in the morning. But Brady like was my- a pocket passer, and we saw how that, you know, led the New New England Patriots last year in terms of offense oh. in the red zone. Oh, they- oh, okay. So Brady's style is not good. No, I, I say Brady. Brady is the ultimate guy to have at quarterback. And and if you classify him and Sidham as both pocket passers, we saw that even the greatest pocket passer in the Patriot offense last year had an offense that looked like a peewee football team against an NFL team when it came down to the red zone. In the red zone, they were helpless. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't run the ball in. They couldn't pass the ball in. And it was it's a joke because it was like us three running routes in the red zone because they would just triple team James White on the little angle route he would run, and then they would triple team Julian Edelman, yeah, and they know that Muhammad Sanu can't now. run more. I don't know. Two two years removed from my ankle surgery? I don't know. You, you don't know, want to catch the smoke. But, and, and I believe you, And but, man, it's just it's predictable because you don't have but anyone besides Edelman or White to get open. 2019 Brady is not 2010 Brady. And I'm not saying Stidham is even 2019 Brady. We have no idea. Is he better? Is 2019 Brady better than 2010 Brady, maybe? Shut up. It may be. Because, okay, you know what, Joe? Tell me who the opening offense was in 2010, and we'll decide 
how the how fair this comparison truly is. You want to go through the tight ends and uh, the wide receivers oh, oh, on okay. that opening so have, 2010 okay. team? So you have uh, rookie Gronk, only 500 yards. Rookie Hernandez, same thing. Algie Crumpler. Algie Crumpler, I believe, was our – if you want to go week one starters in 2010, I think it was Algie Crumpler, actually. So, yeah, you got Algie Crumpler. The opening snap had Hernandez, Gronkowski, Moss, Welker, and I think it was – who was the running back in there? Green Ellis? It, it, it was someone – Fred Taylor. I, I don't know who it was, but even those Fred four – Even those four guys – even those four guys compare let, – let's compare now to – Julian Edelman, who cannot catch a ball even with his uh, red cutters Antonio on. Antonio Brown? Antonio Brown? For a cup of coffee. Uh, not even. A- until he put drugs in his coffee. Muhammad Sanu. Drank too much sugar coffee. Oh, oh. He ran like he had a piano on his... Okay, and Matt says he was, Matt says he was injured the whole time, and that's why, okay? We saw him have 10 catches against Baltimore in his second game. And then the next game, he gets his ankle rolled up on. He's shit after. I wonder why. But is he good? <laughs> what do we expect of Mohamed Sanu? Mohamed Sanu, his, 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 his max is, is 60 catches. Mean, his Muhammad max is... Mohamed yeah, he had about he's had about sixty catches the last three years. What are you talking? About? Yeah, and he Muhammad had Julio Jones, Brandon LaFell, Brandon Lloyd, all those number two, three. Chris Hogan, he's more than capable of being better than those guys. Not those Hogan, guys extremely useful he's, in our offense. He's not being the number one receiver. I don't think that that's the problem. Muhammad Do you think that maybe he's going to have to be? The, because you're not gonna have Julian Edelman be that number one X guy. That's just you don't split Julian Edelman out at. The X receiver position. You know. the I think they're going to have three. If uh, what's his face, Nikhila continues to develop, they can have three guys playing. You know, at the level of a number two receiver, if that makes sense. Maybe I I, I, I could I could give you number three receiver. I I have I think you have a lot of good number three Shouldn't receivers. You might do that. And Who's you? Might... What? Who is you? What team are you rooting for? Oh, the Buccaneers. Hey, um. There's also a guy that I recall Andrew Decino absolutely adored and said that he was the next big thing. Uh, Philly D. What about Philly D? Philip Dorsett. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I forgot about him. Well, he's long gone now. You were talking about him being like uh, Brandon Cook's better, Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Well... I don't know what happened. How about that catch in the AFC Championship game against Kansas City? Oh, dude. Well, oh, that was a great catch. And then his catch Monday night, Philip Dorsett. And then his catch on uh, the flea flicker against Jacksonville in the AFC Championship. I have always liked Philly D now that you bring him back up. But, you know, he's already out of my mind because I don't think he's even on the team. And they're saying that Philip Dorsett's replacement is going to be this guy Bird or whatever his name is who came over from Phoenix. He's a bird. You, <laughs> you know, you know what birds do in New England. They uh, they don't fly too well up in uh, oh, really? the wind. Oh, really? Yeah, there was a guy named. But Larry guys, birds are fake anyway. Was, uh, pretty good. It's too much birds wind. Aren't real. Birds aren't real. Birds aren't real. Have you ever seen a bird in the middle of the night? No. No, you never. So think about it. Where do you think the birds go? That's why they have the big cell towers. And so what happened is. The government media cartel, they take the birds and then they open them up because they're all mechanical and they throw, they put the the 5G fluoride back into the birds. And then when it comes to like five in the morning, they send them out and they had the little RC controls and it's like drones. And then they shoot the fluoride over everybody. 
but that's why that's like with the planes too. You know how like the planes have the jet streams, of course, and it's like the stream after. That's like the five G four I two used to be four G though. But that's yeah. why there's a higher number of gay frogs in the area. <laughs> right, I'm done. Uh, keep going. That might have been your best take yet, job. Oh, Antonio oh, Brown's retired. Yeah. By the way, speaking of people that need attention, he did. Yeah, he's retired. What? Antonio Brown's retired. Did I just break the news to you? He said on uh, Twitter a couple times that he's he's done. So there goes that dream of reuniting in uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, well, I, I didn't, Bruce say that there's no shot of Antonio Brown. And Matt, last time we recorded, Matt and I saw an Instagram post from Antonio that he put, you know, a red siren and him in a Patriot jersey that maybe he was going to head back to New England. But I don't know if Kraft would ever let that happen. No. No. I mean, it's it's a sad one. Who would be welcome back in New England first, uh, Antonio Brown or Deshaun Jackson? A.B. AB. 100% AB. And, AB and, also took $15 million for them. Mm, well, I think we they got that back via some grievances uh, that they filed. Filed? I think they, they got back like $5 million of that. Okay. But, but um, yeah, they did. So here's a question. So, Joe, we know that Antonio Brown is an egomaniac, so he always posts his stats over this past decade. And I think he's been pro football focuses, you know, top-ranked receiver of the decade. You know, he leads pretty much every other year in something. He'll either lead in receptions or yards or yards per catch or whatever it may be or lead best PFF grade. So no doubt Antonio Brown's a phenomenal receiver, but it seems like he's not getting calls, and that's why he kind of hinted at that he's done playing. Fo- I think his retirement was done with this game or something like that. Are, you're telling me that your team... If your team's in need of a receiver, you're not even looking Antonio Brown's way because of the attention he brings. Undoubtedly, he's phenomenal. Uh, basically, the way you kind of have to look at it is um, in basketball, there's a big thing. You, you talk about guys with um, like cultural issues and bringing problem people in. Yep. You need to have a strong organizational structure. You don't put Antonio Brown on a team with a rookie second-year quarterback just will not work or cam he has to be no i don't want i don't want anyone with cam but you want you want him with someone with a good head on their shoulders so obviously brady if he went to seattle with russell wilson that'd be a great fit you want him to go somewhere where he is wanted but he's not needed like you like in new england as sad as it was and i was sad to see him go where we, if you act out, you will be gone. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, those teams are the more buttoned up teams and they're not as likely to kind of budget. It's a, the Patriots took a flyer on him. And honestly, I'm a firm believer in. It was a $17 million flyer. It was a $17 million flyer, but yeah. 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 But once Bill Belichick deems you too big of a problem, the rest of the league's like, all right, yeah, this guy's done. Look at Hainsworth. Look at Ocho Cinco. It's kind of New England's always the end of the line for these guys. You know, a lot of people say Cincinnati's, you know, if Cincinnati doesn't want to sign you, but you're done, then you're done. But you're right, Joe. If if New England doesn't want to sign you because you're a troubled player, yeah, it, it kind of, 
New England can be great because if you have success there, then you'll likely get paid elsewhere. But if you fail out there for off-the-field distractions, then you're you're probably close to the end of the line, you know. And there's there's probably no better organization for him to have been a part of last year with Brady as your QB, Belichick as your coach, you know, with and it still didn't work for him. Could have gone to the Chiefs; he'd still be on the team. No, yeah, you can you see how they treat uh, guys who have had off the field distractions, but yeah, whatever it is, you know. But come on, it's so it's so hypocritical. I don't think this has anything to do with uh, the lady who he was I don't know accused him of something, uh, sexual assault it, or rape. I think. Yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with that because guys in the NFL have been seen on video and actually accused in court of doing as bad, if not worse. It's. It's his actual attitude. It's his. Men- I think he has mental health issues, and that's not something. Do you think he does? Absolutely. Do you think the 2010 Antonio Brown had mental God. health issues? He's what? gonna call God. Do you think that the 2010 <laughs> Antonio Brown had health issues, mental health issues, or the 2011 no. or the 2012? No. So this just became it became because he's an egomaniac. Well, the, the thing with mental health is, I mean, there, of course, there's kind of, kind of little sparks of it and everyone kind of has their own things that they deal with. But, you know, for a lot of people, they just can't handle that level of money, wealth, fame, women, drugs. It's, it's not for everyone. And that's why you look at a guy like LeBron James who had everything handed to him at 18 years old. And he's been married to the same woman for the past 15, 20 years. He's never been an idiot. He, he made a school and everything. You know, I think, I think you know, that's a great example. You see two different types of people. And you have to think about it. Yeah, Antonio Brown's 31 now, 32. That's old for the NFL. But most people aren't reaching their professional peak until 40s, 50s, 60s. And they're not making the money that Antonio Brown's making. But mm. even if you just look at everyday people, 30-year-olds aren't meant to have that kind of money. Never mind 25-year-olds. It's, it's hard. And yep. the way these guys are groomed... I think we kind of dehumanize them and look at them as these kind of superhuman cyborgs, but there is a human element. And then look at Kyrie Irving, who I absolutely despise, who tried his darndest to ruin my Celtics, my real number one team, the, the NBA. If you want to, if you ever need NBA, this is your guy. Yeah. So, and you bring up a good point about how people handle, you know, the fame and the money. But Brady was drafted in the sixth round. You saw he used that as motivation and grit. Julian Edelman was a seventh rounder. He used that as grit and motivation and determination. You see guys undrafted, whether it's Wes Welker or Danny Amendola, both out of Texas Tech. They worked hard and they've become successful. Antonio Brown was also a sixth round draft choice. He was picked 195. Don't you think that, you know, I'm sure he used that as motivation, but whereas guys like Brady and Welker and Edelman carry that with them to this day if you ask Brady and and Rodney Harrison had an interview with him I think two years ago he said I still look at myself as a sixth round draft choice you know does Antonio Brown no longer see himself as that and that's why he's lost himself yeah it's like the kid who grew up like you know in the slums and didn't grow up in that wealthy and uh made it big and whatever and then they go back to their old hometown and kind of forget who where they came from aren't nice to their family I mean, I don't want to get into a deep dive of the psychology and mental. We'd be <laughs> here for hours. 
I don't have a degree for that. Yeah, you'd need a long ass time for that. I'd rather talk about the birds again. But yeah. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. Don't forget the water and what they're doing to the frogs. But oh my god. Yeah, but they made a, a a documentary, the Brady Six, right? The six quarterbacks drafted ahead of Brady. Did you think that was ten years ago, by the way? Incredible, crazy. They, maybe they should make the Antonio Brown twenty-one because there were twenty-one wide receivers drafted in front of him. I don't think maybe Antonio Brown will have a documentary made after him because it's it's, it's pretty incredible how probably the best wide receiver of the decade just fell off a cliff. You know, Max Kellerman would probably say that. But so, you know, transitioning, staying on the topic of, you know, NFL, you have guys like Sanu working out. We're wondering how the Patriots will fare with their quarterback situation, whether it's Cam or whether it's Stidham. Same thing with the Dolphins. You got Tua, you got Fitzpatrick. So with the season looming, right, come September, by the way, we still don't know how the NFL PA and the NFL are working that out, and we can get to that later, but... How do you see a season in which practices already, which have over the course of this past decade, have been reduced with pads and on-field time and, and hitting? How, who, who does this help right here with shortened practices because of you know the virus going on? Who is this going to help? Who is this going to hurt? Offense, defense, what do you think? Um, well, I think in general, this helps veteran teams I think this this would certainly help if Brady was still in New England with the core group of guys around him, because Brady was already skipping his uh the the workouts and the training camps and showing up late. So, and obviously we still won a super we won Super Bowls and so on and so forth. It benefits teams that have. He was the only starting quarterback to do that, by the way. Yeah, which is not good. Uh, te- I think the teams like the Saints with Drew Brees, um, the. The Seahawks, but Wilson is still young. Um, but yeah, teams like that. It it'll be interesting to see. And and the Chiefs, right? What is it? Twenty out of twenty two starters are returning. So you think that they'll be uh, cohesive? But you know, we've seen Patriot teams of the years past have terrible Septembers because so much of their offense is timing, and you need to be on the same page. And like you said, Joe. Units that have been together are going to have success. The Patriots secondary, they've been together for a while. They're going to have success. What about all the linebackers that have left? What about the new quarterback? You know, you don't know Stidham. You don't know Newton. I, I don't I don't see this really helping New England with shortened practice time, training camps, and talks are already that they, the players proposed to have no preseason games is what I've heard according to Pat McAfee. Ooh, yeah. I, I haven't been keeping up with the uh, McAfee pod uh, as much as I probably should. Um, I don't know. It's 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 going to be interesting. I'm not going to lie. Brady leaving is really kind of taking the taking the sails out of my uh, my excitement for football. I still have Kirk. Yep. And the Vikings, but it's just not the same. You know, but with Kirk and your Vikings, it's not like you lost love for Kirk when he, you know, left Michigan State and became a, a Washington R word. It's, you know, it's not like oh. you lost love for Kirk when he the became DC Redskins. A, a Minnesota Viking. You know, you follow Kirk wherever he goes. I follow Brady wherever he goes. 
Matt's the 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 loser here because he's going to have a below five hundred football team next season. Well, they're I, going ten and six with Stidham. They're going ten and six. Yeah. How you got to tell me how? Tell me how. I just I laid it out. Go back, check the tape, uh-huh. read the transcripts. Damn it, go back <laughs> ten episodes. We went through Joe. I don't know if you saw, we went through the Patriots schedule. There's like five games that are difficult. I think there's eight games where Vegas has them favored. And then I think there's another like throwing throwing another game. If they win all eight games that they're favored and pull off two out of six upsets or two out of two out of eight upsets, that's ten and six. If the Ravens won all the games that they were favored, they'd be sixteen and zero, right? Because I think they're favored in all their games. I no, we looked at the schedule. I came up with six and ten. Matt came up with ten and six. Vegas had them at like eight and a half wins before. I have them at uh now up to nine. Eight and eight. Eight and eight. And I think that's fair. I think that's fair. With Cam Newton, the over under for wins right now is nine. Oh, with oh with Cam Newton, six and ten. With Stidham, eight and eight, nine and seven. I like the way you think. I like the way Joe thinks here. All right. Here we go. I'm off Team Cam. I'm off. No. They're, they'll maybe, go 11 and 5 with Cam Newton. They'll go 10 and 6. No, maybe no, the not. only thing Cam Newton would be useful for is a red zone package here and there. Oh, I would. I would I'd like to see uh, Newton play the role I wanted Tebow to play back in 2013. Oh, where that's we what I want. never kick extra points, just go for two? Yeah. Oh, my I God. I thought that was going to happen, too. That oh, was, I did, too. I still have my Tebow shirt upstairs. That was the saddest Tebow cut. Shirt. Yeah, no, I'm out on Cam Newton, completely out. I don't want him. He's going to get cut, only guaranteed a million dollars. I honestly think, I'm sure you guys covered this, how uh, they announced the Cam Newton signing after the Bengals um, fiasco with the cameras. Yep. I, I, think that, I think that was Belichick with the PR move of the century. They're learning. They're learning how to handle they're these. Yeah. They're learning. They're, they're getting sophisticated. The in idea there. is you don't handle it. You just throw something else on top of it. Yeah. Uh, no, Cam Newton, Bill Belichick is going to say, get the hell out of here. I don't want to deal with your dabbing and your thising and yeah. thatting. And, yeah. uh, I just can't stand the guy. Oh, super. Uh, for the super, most of he's so mediocre. Super he, Cam. He, even in his MVP season, didn't he have like a 59% completion percentage? Yes. But he had his highest completion percentage in 2018 and he played like 13 games that season or 14. So he's, he's getting there was six, two, he's there learning. Was six and two before he tore his rotator cuff. He's not good. He's learning. He's not, he's not a top half of the league quarterback. He's not. I'll tell you this, and I don't think you can agree with this point. There's not much more fun than watching a Cam Newton take full stride in the open field. Like when I'm watching his highlights and he goes for 70 yards off no. of a read option play and he's no. just taken off down the field. It's fun to watch Cam Newton hit full no, stride. See, it's like see, watching fun, a healthy Gronk. to me in sports, in baseball, it's watching Greg Maddox throw a two-seamer, get called two inches off the plate at 88 miles an hour. It's Al Horford setting a screen that no one like really notices, but it gets this guy open. It's Kirk Cousins. It's called a Tommy point. Yeah. <laughs> it's no, Kyle Rudolph pushing off in the end zone. No. And not getting called for it. Nah. <laughs> no. It's it's Kyle Rudolph uh, play uh being the former basketball player that he is like Antonio Gates and uh using his positioning and boxing out. That's what it's called. Oh my god. Speaking of the Saints, 
a lot of people still project them to win the NFC South. What do you, how, how do you think that they're fair against the Tampa Bay Gronkineers? Uh, the Buccaneers are going to win the NFC South. And what, what's your win projection for that team? I haven't looked at their schedule in a while. Um, 11 and 5, top of my head. You know, I, I see. I them. mean, we said 12 and 4. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we said. I said, I think their expectation should be a first round bye. I think so too, especially given all the weapons they have offensively. You would imagine that Brady and Gronk could complete a pass with the their eyes closed. But the NFC South is yeah. a good division. Are Are you worried about the Falcons at all? No, Falcons stay. They, they, I mean, Matt Ryan's no scrub either. He's not. But would you be surprised if? Here's another little hot take. I would not be surprised if the 49ers missed the playoffs at all. I would not be surprised one bit. Matt Matt thinks yeah, along the same lines, I think. See, Matt and I... Yeah, no, I, I could see them going like... they Just like how the uh, the Rams went 9-7 uh, and seven this, this year. They might be like good. They might drop off. Uh, another team that I, I might see missing the playoffs is the Packers. I told the senior... I told you this From your before. mouth to God's ears, please. The Green Bay Packers had a point differential equivalent to a nine and seven, 10 and six football team, but they went 13 and three. That doesn't add up. That seems like they're going to regress to the mean. And that mean might be, they lost players this off season too. They lost a few players. I don't know. I forget which one they missed. Preston Smith, Darius Smith. The Smith brothers as Chris Collinsworth calls them. I don't know. They they drafted a quarterback in their first overall pick or their first round pick. I, like, I, that's not when they did play. that, I was I was like praying that the Pats would somehow manage to trade for Rodgers. That would have. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah no. I, I think you were t- you're talking to me about that. Oh my I'm god! I'm like, oh, oh my god! Joe, I don't know how you I don't know how you feel though. The Detroit Lions, I feel like they are the sleeper to win the whole division. The whole I feel like they'll the go ten and six the... and eleven. The NFC North, yeah. No, no, no Matt oh, Patricia's oh. going to get fired week four. No, their their defense is too porous, and they traded Darius Slay. Darius, defense, big play Slay, yeah. Their defense is too porous. Kirk Cousins is going to be carving them up like Swiss cheese. Oh, the, the all I know is yeah. Who do they? Who, who's the corner they just replaced him with? Who? They just got another corner. Detroit did. I forget who's the guy they got. They they Darius Slay left, and they got another guy. I completely forget his name. Obviously, he's not as good. Yeah, he's not that good if, he, if we uh, can't remember his name. But, no, I, I don't think that – oh, man. I mean, I think the Bears the Bears are going to be back this year. I could see that division going the Lions' bottom of the pit. You know, the the Lions will be crawling back into their dens maybe at a 3-13. and no, thir- They're not a bad team at all. They are not a bad team. Uh, I, I could see them easily going 3-13. and 13. Then you have the Bears going 10-6. They're not going 3-13. and 13. The Lions are not going 3-13. and 13. Bears, go ten, Bears go 10 and 6. No. And then no. Packers and Vikings both go 11-5. and five. Matt, you mentioned that the Packers had a point differential equivalent to around a 9-7, and 10-6 and six team. Here's something. So we tweeted out today. This There's a guy named Bruce Nolan. His podcast is Bruce Exclusive. And I he, he has a podcast. I was listening to today. He's a big fan of the Buffalo Bills. He was saying that wins aren't an important stat for a quarterback. You know, it's wins aren't a quarterback stat. And so I tweeted out and I said, I think that they are. 
a quarterback stat. I like wins. I think they're great to assess a quarterback. And we are trying to currently schedule him. So next episode, we hope to have him on to debate. Matt and I and Bruce will be on talking about wins and losses as a statistic for a quarterback. And and Joe, quite frankly, I'm nervous. I'm going to need so much info about why wins are important. If you disagree, then I might be out of luck. But I think wins are important Um, for a quarterback. What do you think? like, Like everything, it all requires nuance. And I think you kind of have to look into how the games are won and lost. You have to... I think that clutch stats are important, but it's really hard to kind of quantify that. I think that wins are kind of a delineator, but there's so much context. Like, I think if you put, like, you guys have Jimmy Garoppolo at, what, 20th, 21st on your list, and I think that's fair. He took us to the Super Bowl and beat Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins and almost beat Patrick Mahomes. So you can't have it. Lost that game ultimately. Well, yeah, well, Garoppolo and the 49ers had a great record, right? But they had a great record. I think there are outliers, though. So, you know, it it would probably be taking the bold stance to say that Garoppolo's not a good quarterback, right? And and, and that's what we're doing. But I think he's an outlier because of how... beautiful quarterback. How, well, not as much as Brady, but the team around him, you take a look, right? So New England lost to Tennessee in the wildcard round, whereas the 49ers got to the Super Bowl and lost. So, yeah, the 49ers had more wins than the Patriots, you know, but the the outlier there and and is that the team around Garoppolo was so good. So I'll give you that that it might not be important in outlier situations like that, but at the end of the day, you're still the quarterback of a winning team. You must be doing something right. Well, Here's something that I've done. Yeah. What I've gone through. If you look at Super Bowl losing quarterbacks, there is a pile of mediocrity like you would not believe. Just go through the Super Bowl losers. Tom Brady. (laughs) No, no, continue, continue. Okay. Garoppolo. Yeah. Obviously, you had Brady. And then Matt Ryan. Eh. Cam Newton. Um, Cam Newton. Yep. Jerry uh, Goff. Goff. Oh yeah, I forgot Goff. Goff is terrible. Um, Wilson's good, but Wilson also won. Well, if you look at guys who just made a Super Bowl without winning, very, very mediocre list. Yeah. Hasselbeck, Grossman, uh, Dilfer won. Brad, um, uh, Rich Gannon, Delome, McNabb, um. So, you, yeah, if you're a good quarterback, you would get your team past that threshold. And oh. that's why wins matter. So, you pretty much just mean Super Bowl wins. So, yeah, Super Bowl wins. But I don't think winning is it. That's a Super Bowl win. That's that's one stat. That's not regular season team wins. Like There's Joe no Flacco. Playoff wins also. Clutch, you know, you. what if you have a, a terribly ugly looking game and all you need, like in Super Bowl uh, 53, right? You all they and you watch do your job part three. McDaniels was saying all we need is one drive. Oh, that's all we need is one drive, and they put together one drive. And see, I think that you are you have such Brady, and I'm not going to call it delusion. I'm not going to call it because you're right. It's delusion. But I think that you're just so Brady centric, Brady focused that you're when you're you're dealing with the greatest quarterback of all time. 
And there's certainly a statistical argument you can make for Brady being the greatest, like obviously one of the greatest, but for greatest, you can make an argument, but it's close. There's a lot of people statistically who are as good as Tom Brady. It delineates with the rings and you are more than valid to use that. But I think you operate every everything from this Brady paradigm. Yes. When you have to realize that not everything is when you evaluate, you can apply the same standard to that as you do with Tom Brady. And Tom Brady's a six-time Super Bowl champion. Six Super Bowl rings should absolutely be used as as the most important, at least one of the most important objectives or kind of parts of a resume to include for a GOAT list. But when you're talking about evaluating quarterbacks, you're how often, I mean, that's the talk, that's the subject that dominates talk shows. But when you're really going to the nitty-gritty analyzing teams, how many GOATs or possible goats are there you obviously have had Brady and Manning over the past few years and then Bree over the past 20 years with Breeze who's a top who's a hall of famer I know you don't think he's that great but still have Breeze statistically putting up the numbers and it's probably right about his have, wins but right now you have Rodgers and Mahomes but don't forget there are 32 starting quarterbacks 40 guys who will start at least seven eight games you cannot use wins to really quantify that there's so much more than that so yes when you're talking about the greats and what differentiates Brady from Manning, it's the wins. But when you're talking about making this list and what differentiates, I don't know, Deshaun Watson from Carson Wentz, I don't think you can just go, oh, well, Deshaun won X amount of games, Carson won X amount of games, therefore X is like, you, you can't do that. You really can't. Wins. Oh, but those guys, over those the guys long are run? within five, first five years of their you know careers. You can't. Doing that, you can do it with Brady because he has 20 years to look at. You can compare him to Manning and compare him to Breeze. You got other people like that who have long-standing track records. They all have the stats. Each one of them has some sort of record in terms of a personal statistical standpoint, whether it's Brady with the playoff touchdowns, Manning with touchdowns, Breeze with the passing yards or whatever. But they all have 20, 15, 20 years of experience. That's why you can look at somebody like Philip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger. Yes, they won to a certain extent, but they're not good as Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Pete Manning. But, but the thing is, I, I think that, again, it depends what your aim is. I mean, for a podcast, for shows, of course, everyone likes to debate goats and history and this and that. But if you're looking at it from a technical standpoint, when you want to just analyze, all right, looking at the 2020 NFL season, who's the best team? Who are the best quarterbacks? Who's going to help us win? Wins are pretty low i would say on the list when it comes to analyzing all right who do i want quarterbacking my team this year if you want to make a top 10 list all time go at it go with wins and it, the my only concern is and let's let's take the name off the back of the jersey i know you can't right but aaron Rodgers, i either this past year i think for the last two years right i think he only threw two interceptions last year or something like that or rarely he throws the interceptions. But either last year or the year before, he leads the league in throwaways. So his touchdown-to-interception ratio is going to look absolutely phenomenal. That's going to boost his QBR. It's going to boost his passer rating. And all his metrics will look great because, you know, he's not taking sacks. He's not throwing interceptions. And he can also throw for 300 yards. So, you know, how many days will he have where he throws for 280, two touchdowns, no picks? Those will start to add up, add up, and add up. But And so you take a look at statistics, but then at the end of the day, if in the fourth quarter you throw the ball away 
on a third and six because you don't want to take a sack, but you're down by 10 points instead of trying to jam the ball into double coverage when you might need to, and that's a really low completion throw, but you need to try and make it to try and win the game, you know, but... But but see, that's... that's like I'm a huge... Like, obviously, Belichick, situational football, and there are circumstances, but I don't think that those plays are encompassed at all by the win statistic. There's looking at fourth quarter passer rating. And I mean, I do, I definitely agree in a clutch kind of gene, a clutch being an important component of what a player is, but I don't think that's encompassed by wins. Uh, Wins play a part of it, but like I said, unless you're talking, trying to like rank the greatest quarterbacks of all time, I think that wins play a small role and there's so many other things to consider. And, and I think the, the biggest thing is you compare, you have to compare quarterbacks in their most similar situations. Cause each one of them is going to have divisional games that they played yep. against the jets or if you're the Packers, you played against the lions where they throw for 400, you know, 400 yards and four touchdowns on these great games where their stats go through the roof. But I look at it, an example of this Pete Manning, 2013, have the best offense of all time, highest scoring offense. They went and played Seattle in the Super Bowl and got uh, curb stomped, right? The game got away from them and they couldn't get it back. Brady in 2014 played pretty much the exact same Seattle Seahawks football game. We all agree it saw the Legion of Boom, yep. Russell Wilson, Marshall Lynch, that whole game. They in the fourth quarter, third, fourth quarter, 10, it's a 10 point game against the best defense in the league. And Brady's able to have the best fourth quarter statistically of his career in that. And they ended up winning partly because of Malcolm Butler. But you want to compare the most, like, you know, apples to apples situations. They're not perfectly, you know, bearable. That is a that is one of the most astute points I've ever heard anyone make when it comes to uh, analyzing uh, quarterbacks and Brady versus Manning. But anything in particular. Brady versus Rodgers. One more example. 2016 against the Falcons. You remember the Green Bay Packers playing the NFC title game. To be fair, it was in Atlanta, but that game got away quick and they were down yep. by a shit ton. And then, you know, Rodgers, like they kind of threw, threw like a drive or two together, but they ended up losing by 20. Obviously, we know what happened in 28 to 23. They were down late in the third quarter by 25 points and Brady was able to um, pretty much kick the offense on his back all the way to a win in the Super Bowl. And you can yep. discuss, discuss whether Atlanta threw that game away or the you know, Patriots came back. So, yep. apples to apples. But, That's two but, different things. Yep. Andrew. Yes. I feel like you tried too hard to try to, like, make your point about how great Brady is. But we're at the point, like, we don't need to do that. Anyone who doesn't acknowledge Brady as the greatest quarterback of all time is clearly trolling or trying to make an uh, argument to get whatever – trigger and clout you don't need to do that so i suggest you uh you don't try to use whatever like pigeonhole whatever arguments you have to make to that brady paradigm right and say brady's in the class of his own we all know that and let's look at because if, if i mean if you want to just talk about this the skip and shannon things that's yes. fine and there's obviously a niche for that yeah but just me, brady and zeke basketball is my main thing I would rather talk about what separates Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker, who mm-hmm. aren't scrubs. They're obviously all-star level players, but 
guys who will be playing a big role in the league for 10 years rather than talking about LeBron versus KD every day. Right. So I don't know. And that's why I like the Wentz and Deshaun, for example, because I think they're two of the best young quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you about Deshaun. I don't, I don't know. We'll see about Wentz. But in, in well, this. I've seen Wentz make plays that only probably Patrick Mahomes could make. And, and Josh Allen. But so this whole wins thing, and it almost goes to pitchers and baseball too. By the way, baseball's back, coming back Thursday. Newsflash. So I always thought that wins were a big deal for pitchers as well because, you know, there's something like about a guy that whatever it is, you know, his team scores runs when he's pitching, you know, he could go six innings, give up three runs, and if if he does that every single time, he'll have a four and a half ERA, which statistically isn't great. But what if he wins nineteen games every year? There's something. There's something. Herman, who just retired? Who? Domingo Herman. You retired? Yeah. As of when? You're breaking news to me. Like yesterday or two days ago? Oh my god! Exactly. But you know, I think there's something to be said. And thank you for breaking the news. There's something to be said for a guy, you know, you could say, well, his run support's, you know, so high, you know, Jacob deGrom's phenomenal, but, you know, he has no run support, and so that's why he can never win a game. But I think that you shouldn't hold wins against a guy, and I think they should be allowed to be used for a guy. You know, and if you don't want to hold them against, so, you know, if you don't want me to hold wins against you, that's okay, but allow me to use wins to support my guy as well. My guy won 19 games last year, right? Don't hold that against him. No, you don't hold it against him, but here's the problem. And this is what I think gets a lot of people. Um, you, I don't think that in a vacuum, you truly dislike Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees, but you go hard and, or Peyton Manning, but you go hard against them because yes. there are people who try to compare them to Brady, which makes you extra defensive. Bingo. You smart. You don't want to discredit people who, like Jacob deGrom or Felix Hernandez back in 2011, uh, whatever, when he won his Cy, or 2012, when he won his Cy Young. They're spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. But you also want to be able to use, like the way I did back in 2016, when Rick Porcello won 22 games. Mm-hmm. Granted, he had a low three ERA. wasn't quite as good as Kluber or Verlander won the Cy Young. I get it. Cause listen, we're fans at the end of the day. Yes. And as sober minded as we like to be, and we can kind of apply that at the end of the day, we have our rooting interests and we want to fit the statistics to our narrative. Yes. And I guarantee you if Brady goes out this year and for some reason, the Tampa Bay defense is garbage, yeah. but Brady still throws 32 touchdowns to two interceptions, but he's throwing the ball away. You will not be talking about throwing the ball out of bounds. You'll be talking about that touchdown interception ratio. <laughs> I mean, you may have a point there. You know, and I do it with Kirk Cousins. I do it with Kirk Cousins. There, when when he lights up, lights it up against the Lions for four touchdowns and 350 yards, and you know, and but just as much as I got on Kirk Cousins in 2018 or 2017 because he could be down by three scores. But in the fourth quarter, he'll throw two touchdowns and 180 yards. And I would call him a stat patter because they would still lose the game. The game was out of reach. And he got a lot of garbage time stats. So then you look at Kirk Cousins by the end of the season. And you can tell me, I think 
your stat was, well, what quarterback is thrown for 4,000 yards and 25 touchdowns for X amount of years in the league? And it's Kirk Cousins. Well, I think uh, maybe before last year, a lot of people could say those stats were accumulated because many games that he was in were out of reach. Now you're looking to pay a guy like Kirk Cousins and Kirk Cousins' agent, who may very well be you at the end of the day, will say, well, Kirk Cousins is thrown for 4,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, so look at his stats, not the win-loss record, which would show that he's right around 500. And so me as the as the team, because I'm going against you in negotiations, say, hey, you know, but a lot of those stats did come in garbage time here, so are, are statistics really the, you know, or why are we diminishing wins, win and losses so much? You know, that's what I'm saying. Don't diminish them. No, there's nuance to everything. Matt, what do you have to say? I'm just thinking about the birds. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Always back to the birds. I hate yeah. birds. I, yeah. What's your favorite bird or your least favorite? I, least I favorite just... pigeons. I hate pigeons. Have you ever, do you know that, you know, people eat pigeons? Oh, yeah. Um, my dad was in a Chinese restaurant one time and uh, he goes, uh, he was looking at someone got something. He goes, Oh, that looks good. What is it? They go pigeon. Oh man. And yeah. did he have that. it? No, he didn't have it. He's uh, like, oh, no, not for me. Not for me. I mean, what if it looked really good? Nah, nah. I I'll mean, stick with the chicken. I'll stick with the chicken. I mean, pigeons are just a dirty, dirty bird, right? Yeah, it's rats with wings. Literally. Just like squirrels are rats with fur. Yeah, literally. I mean, we don't yeah. want to. We don't want to be eating rats either. No. Matt, That's you have... bunnies. Yeah, yeah. Dude, people eat bunnies. Yeah. Oh, in Italy, hair is like one of the, especially northern Italy, about pheasant, delicacy. Boar. Would you Would you eat a rabbit? Would I eat hair? Oh yeah. Have you? No, I haven't. Ah. Uh. Because we don't really have it that much in America. But in Italy, they do. Yeah, I know. I, I have not ventured out into those uh, unique meats either. I know Matt really is a fan of uh, different types of meats. You know, I don't know. I what... am fans of international foreign meats, domestic meats, whatever. Yeah. Y- you I know what I do? Is I'll, I'll watch videos. Love... Uh, not, not too much meat, though. Just like, like you know what I mean. Like a little meat or on the bone. A little not bit. too much. I I like it lean still, obviously, but you know what I mean. Just, you ever um, have uh, Kobe beef? I watch videos of like five hundred dollars steaks. And I'm just oh like, yeah, I watch that all the time. Who do you watch? I watch Guga Foods. Yes! Guga, oh my yeah. god, no way, dude! Guga's literally the yeah. best. I love, I love Guga. Sous vide everything. Guga Foods. What's like? What's with his uh, his nephew always mooches? Angel always eats all the steak, dude. And what yeah. is it? So here's my guess, and for all those who know Guga out there, I think that. Angel is the guy who edits all the videos or, or takes the videos of him cooking. And I think the deal is, he says, Angel, I'll let you eat the steak that I cook if you can put this all together for me. I think yeah. that's got to be the deal. Yeah. Oh, what I would do to just chill with Guga and eat all the Wagyu. So there's no, does he, do people pay for the steaks for him? Because I, I, I don't, who can afford he has a meat to meat dealer? He mentioned he has a meat dealer. Yeah, but there's no way. I don't know any. I've checked out that meat dealer too because I was interested. But there's no way that someone can consistently afford a fat, a five wagyu over and over and over and over, and then and, and afford it enough. Have you watched the videos where he 
dry ages it in peanut butter or Nutella. Yeah, yeah, he did Nutella <laughs> the other day. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, no, he must have like some like, I don't know, deal. He's pretty popular. I don't know. I'm a big, I'm a big Guga fan. I love Guga. Matt, you gotta, you gotta yeah. watch Guga and maybe suggest to him for him to cook birds or something like that one time. Maybe a pigeon. Yeah. Thing though is it's the bird is like metal though. Cause it's a government. It's the mafia cartels agents of control. Over the masses. Hey, hey, uh, and hey, trust me, not, I've read about this for a very people. long don't, time. Don't bring up the mafia. Hey, the mafia I, cartel. It's the oh. it's what the elites, the liberal elites. That's what they're doing to control the world. I totally hey, we got we got three Italians here though. Everyone here has a, has a name ending in a vowel. That's true. Yeah, the Italian stallions. But Matt, you can cook anything if you cook it long enough. You know they say you can eat crocs too. So I don't see why you can't eat a a bird cyborg oh, like, a, like a croc. Do you have any giblets in your crocs? Mm, I I used to have a couple, but only like three in each. Oh. Yeah. I've right. only had one pair of Crocs ever, and they were orange. I don't think I ever had Crocs. Never had Crocs. I, I have been um wearing a lot of Ugg stuff, though. I'm wearing my Ugg slippers right now. The Brady have, ones? Uh, no, I don't know. Are they the Brady ones? I don't know. I, they were a gift. They were a gift for me. Uh, Uggs are pretty good. They're uh, hope soon to be a sponsor of the show, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Uggs guy, so Uggs, if you want to sponsor me. Out in the pool business. <laughs> Wait, so you're not you're not selling the pools though, but you're you're doing a lot of pool work behind I the do, scenes. So I've been, I've been I've been going to my boss. I'm like, let me sell some pools. Let me sell some pools. Yeah. But I uh, I use uh, I use the typewriter and send out uh, letters. I call no. customers to get their payments if they haven't paid. I uh, so today I went all over to drop off parts because they're building pools and they're missing parts, and I drop off parts. I uh, collect bank papers. I get people to sign their uh, the payments for the financing, uh, permits. I drop off permits, go to city halls. So if someone doesn't pay, you're there to... Lay down the law. Yeah, put down the hammer and say, where's my money? Like Stewie exactly. to Brian. Yeah. It's exciting. It's exciting it's stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I think we've covered uh, you know quite a bit in the NFL. And, uh, you know, come to the I've been left speechless for the last 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we've come to this. That's the, that's the message of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Once Matt came to the realization that all birds are cyborgs, we might have lost him a little bit. Yeah, you did. Think about, okay. Think about this. And like, I'm not even joking. Pigeons used to be used as like, you know, carrier pigeons. Like they would send the mail. Think about how, like, how do they know where to go and they're just flying like i don't know where i'm going without waves like how do these birds travel thousands of miles like and think they do they find the v formation yeah. so they cover more land because when they drop their bird poop it spreads out even further it's not like they travel on a line if they traveled on a line they wouldn't carry carry um spread over as much square mileage but they're able to spread the fluoride over wider ranges <laughs> because they fly in that like v and it's aerodynamically sound but still, like, think gotta, about it. We got to reach out to InfoWars and l let them know. You know, I, I've just been thinking about this. I don't even need InfoWars. I am beyond InfoWars. I'm going to start my own branch off podcast specifically for awakening the common man and woman to the perils that our overlord media cartel is spewing to us. 
Yeah. I support. I support it. Yeah. Now, now Joe's got me all in a frenzy too because how do the birds know where to deliver the message? It's insane. You say you can't say to a bird, you know, go that way and and fly until uh, I think you should. How does that work? How does the bird know? Unless they, they're a cyborg. They, and they've and you know what's crazy is they were cyborg before like we even thought of cyborgs. This was like. That's why I think there's like a like the Illuminati, these conspiracy like these things have been happening like since the inception of people because these birds have been doing doing the dirty work forever. And this yeah. is a real conspiracy theory. This is what a conspiracy yeah. theory is, not this whole Epstein Miss Mosh. Yeah, we we, we, we like know this is a good this is a good next episode topic. Yeah, to be yeah. continued. Highlight for next episode. I guess so. Thank you, Joe, for coming on today and, and talking thank all things NFL. Yes. We, we we really appreciate you and uh and we always we always come up with something interesting to talk about when when we have you on. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, just anytime, let my mind cook ahead. Yeah, anytime uh, after seven PM, I am free. Other than that, pools. Keep keep doing your pool work, keep putting the hammer down when they're not paying you and uh delivering spare parts yep. you're like brady dude you make it work with spare parts exactly you can make it work with austin collie and kembrell Tompkins, and uh <laughs> and then eventually like once you get uh moss and welker and dante stallworth you really make it work then you're juicing all right that's uh that's this perfect way to end this show so uh joe thanks for coming on thank you all right good night guys all right see ya until next time kids Oh,